0: Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Brie Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Well, hello and welcome into the Financial Flight Plan Podcast. I am Ben George and she's Bree Reyes. She's an investor, coach, and certified financial planner over at Estes Financial Services. Today, Bree, we're talking about the mental side of planning. I know we focus on money a lot, but the mental side is so important.
1: It's almost more important sometimes than the money side of it. It is. It, it is. R- really, really is. Yeah.
0: We're going to kind of break down an article we found. I thought was really good about just the psychological side of retirement and and investing in your in your uh, your mental health and and preparing mentally for that next stage of life. And we're going to break down some of the key points in that today. So it should be a good show. But what's new, Bree? Since the last time we talked,
1: well, I went on um, my annual trip. Joaquin and I went to Antigua. Nice, uh, just the two of us. It was lovely. I came back with a well. I, I I don't know whether it was the Shift in allergens or what? the like three days after, four days after I got came home, I got the worst sinus infection of my life. Oh, but geez. I can tell you, really, really, really enjoyed Antigua, and it's Antigua, not Antigua. Yeah, you can tell. You can <laughs> tell who hasn't been there before. That's or at least that's what the islanders taught us. Beautiful island. Everybody was very, very friendly. A lot of really great history, and just a good time for. Joaquin and I to kind of connect and, and, you know, right before the school year starts. So only got sunburned once. Oh, I did get bit by a stingray. That oh, was nice. Geez. Um, I didn't actually get bit. I got pinched, but the pinch was bad enough that it drew blood. And then, cause we did some feed stingray feeding and then we did some mm-hmm. scuba diving and saw them, you know, in nature. It was kind of fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you have to get that treated at all or is it just?
1: No. In fact, it's almost gone. I can just kind of see it a little bit. It was my, it was my souvenir. I mean, how many people can say they've been bit by a stinger? Yeah, exactly. Or pinched by a (laughs) stinger.
0: Were you able to get Joaquin uh, scuba diving quite a bit or just uh, the Yes.
1: Well, I mean, I take that back. We, you know, I'd say we dove less than our normal vacations because I promised him this vacation would not be diving only, but we still (laughs) got a fair amount done.
0: Good good glad to hear i know you i know you enjoy that so it's always a great break for you all right well today again we're talking about the psychological side mm-hmm. of retirement uh this article that we found was written by licensed professional counselor, Kate Schroeder. It's in Psychology Today. It's entitled The Psychological Investment in Retirement. We're going to put it in the show notes. So if you want to read it for yourself, and and I encourage you to do so, we'll put it there for you. And if you have questions for Bree about this, or want to discuss it further, kind of lean into this side of retirement planning, you can always reach out to SS Financial online at ssfinancial.net or you can call them at 817-444-8402. So I want to talk about some of the key points here, and bring just get some of your thoughts on uh, whether you agree, disagree, and and kind of how you've seen this play out.
1: Well, and before we get going too much, Ben, I'd like to say that it's different from different countries and different cultures when it comes to retirement. Yeah. I feel like the U.S., the United States, we're the worst when it comes to psychology and retirement because so much of our lives wrap around with I mean, the first thing you, when you meet somebody at a function, it's, you know, you get their name and then, so what do you do? Mm-hmm. Our jobs make up so much of who we are, That's our true. self-esteem, our self-image here. And so to retirement, it is, it's very scary for a lot of people because that has been their, their identity for a very long time. And we don't often in our lives have big shifts like this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a, such a great point. It's so true. I think we can all relate to that as we do attach so much of our meaning and so much of our life routine and daily um, you know, experience to what we do for our job. So let's look at this a little bit. And, and again, this is right into our first point, right? So most people don't really think about the consequences of walking away from work and, and really that life and routine they built. And, and like you said, it's defined them for so long
1: exactly they and and unfortunately this isn't a subject that a lot of people have studied i mean i see people come in here all the time that financially they can retire mentally they're not ready and telling them that and and them accepting it is super super hard um because it's it and they almost hold themselves back i'm not sure i don't think so what about this i mean they're 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 almost worst case scenario everything, and I, I get some of that, but sometimes it's just they're not ready to go mentally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're not ready to retire. They're not, re- and the thing is, is the retirement it doesn't have to be sitting in a rocking chair <laughs> yelling at people to get off your lawn. Um, it's very different with. I mean, they a lot of people lose a sense of purpose. I mean, they don't have consistency in their life anymore, anymore And they they kind of have a bit of they no longer have to get up and go to work every day. And so that's for that's super important for us humans. We need, we need that sense of purpose. We need to feel like we are doing something, or at least us Americans. Mm-hmm. Um I think more culture other cultures are much better about relaxing and chilling and just being. We right. feel like we need to be doing. Yep. And I mean, that's why you have people on, who can't go on vacation without working. And no, no. I admit, I'm one of them. <laughs> I admit that I, 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 even in Antigua, when we had crappy internet, I was still checking the office. So yep. there you go.
0: We're all guilty of it. I mean, it, you know, w- and we look back and we go, well, why didn't I just enjoy that? I mean, was that were those few emails that important, right? And I, I think we're kind of starting to get more accustomed with that as we've, you know, emails part of our life day-to-day now we we kind of manage it better than we used to we were always on it and checking it and checking in so hopefully uh hopefully you're able to keep that in mind as you think about retirement and and walking away from that routine um the next one I thought was interesting too and I it makes a lot of sense because I think we do this in our day-to-day life anyway but the author says the, the the research shows the number one thing retirees struggle with is finding consistent genuine and lasting meaning
1: yeah because I mean, they're no longer working. Uh, they lose a sense of that identity, that purpose. And what am I doing with my life? It's it's one of those questions. It's one of those few times in your life where you're sitting there and you're like, okay, now you're forced with it. You could be forced with the question every day, but it doesn't often happen. I mean, it's you graduate from high school. You get the big, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? You graduate from uh, grad, college. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? It, it, we don't often have this big, scary question posed to us and it's big and scary. And I think everybody would do a lot better if we just kind of acknowledge that it is big and scary.
0: Yep. Well, it kind of along those same lines of, you know, what are you going to do then? Um, She points out that this is a great time to embrace the person that you've uh, always wanted to be, right? And enjoy those things that maybe you've kind of set aside or didn't have time for. Now's that time to truly embrace who you are.
1: And not just the the honey-do list. Yeah. I see too many people retire and start on the honey-do list because they need that sense of purpose. And then they hate it. They don't enjoy it. They didn't want to do the honey-do list. So it's really time to... to pause and figure out exactly what you who you want to be when you grow up because i mean and i mean it's this it's the questions posed to my five-year-old what do you want to i mean that's the silly thing we do this is to children Mm -hmm. what do you want to be when you grow up we ask five year olds what job they want for the rest of their lives and now we're retiring and people are like well i don't know who i am anymore well of course you don't right well, and his answer this year was dinosaur pilot, by the way, which <laughs> is not. It's a pilot that also happens to be a dinosaur. So he would like to be a T-Rex that flies airplanes. Don't know how that's going to work. Don't understand the physics of it. But that is what, if you ask Nate right now, what who's also a golfer, professional golfer.
0: Okay. Not a dinosaur is, golfer, though, right?
1: Well, no, he he's going to be a dinosaur pilot and golfer. Okay. <laughs> a T-Rex. The club's going to have to be weird. You know, I'm leaving that to the scientists. <laughs> but I, I, the point is, I mean, we've, we've raised people to feel this way. Mm-hmm. And so some people take their and then trying to embrace who you want to be asking that question. What do you want to do when you grow up actually stresses people out because they feel like they've got to do something productive. They have to do something tangible and they need to be they feel like their their worth is measured by how productive they are i see this in my husband on his off fridays when i get home because i'll ask him hey honey what did you do today and i mean it as an innocent question like i don't care you're off friday you do whatever you want to do honey he feels like he needs to rattle off the list of things he's accomplished for the Mm -hmm. day and so i want people who go into retirement not to feel that pressure i think this is a great time to you know, maybe take some classes, figure out what you're interested in. I mean, that's a scary question, too. Sometimes I pose to people here when we'll talk about financial planning and they will not expect me to ask about anything but numbers. And I'll go, so what are you going to do? Hmm. Well, I've got a honey do list. What are you going to do when that runs out? Like, what do you enjoy doing? And then I get the blank look. I don't know. So it's e- it's better if everybody eases into retirement, <laughs> figures out what they're interested in, develops a hobby. Because sitting around is not good for you or your mind. It's time, you know, just like you plan for retirement, just like you financially plan for retirement, it's also good to emotionally and mentally plan for retirement. Find charities that you can get involved in. Plan some trips that you're going to take. The worst thing you can do is go into this without a plan. You'll get bored really, really fast.
0: Well, you know, that's that's exactly why when I first read this next point i thought you know this kind of surprised me a little bit but as you're kind of breaking this down and laying out what you've seen from people and and why it's so tough to figure out your purpose it makes sense that as the author points out you know some people view this time off and this break from what they've always been doing as a more stressful period
1: i get stressed when i'm not in the office yeah and and somebody tell relax huh <laughs> Sure, 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 sure. Pigs are going to fly soon. I'll relax. It's the same thing into retirement, too. I mean, luckily, my breaks are usually only seven days and I know I'll be back. And so I can kind of I can I can deal with that. But this is retirement. This is the next 30 years of your life. So it's important for everyone to take time, develop their interests, figure out who they want to be when they grow up and not feel so much pressure. And when you say, hey, what are you going to you know, what's your purpose? That's a huge, scary question. So the best thing you can do is just try a bunch of stuff. It's the same thing as I, maybe it's the same way uh, college was designed for freshmen. You know, you take a bunch of uh, basic level entry classes to help you figure out what you want to do when you grow up. They should have a basic level entry retirement class where you can try a bunch of different hobbies and see which one is actually works for you. Mm -hmm. They don't. That would be brilliant. That should be somebody's retirement job. Call me. I'll trade. I'll. I'll help you.
0: (laughs) Well, these are some of the things they that they point out in this article. Um, So, what can you do about it? So, he has a couple points here that I think are important. Um, First off, you got to be willing to emotionally invest, right? I mean, that's the first thing. Is just like with financial planning, you have to take the steps to actually actively uh, control your future. Much like that, with the emotional side, you have to invest.
1: Very much so. You have to invest in yourself and your interests and your time. And so it's one of those situations is, you know, thinking about thinking about your interests, taking some classes, invest in yourself. Go to Tarrant County College, take, you know, take a few classes, take a cooking class, take a painting class, I don't know, pottery class, whatever you want to do. But you've got to find a hobby. You've got to find another um, way to. To kind of take these anxious depressed worthless feelings and put them into something something that interests you even if it's just reading just something that interests you it doesn't have to be you don't have to build the taj mahal in fact don't quite (laughs) frankly it's an (laughs) unwise investment
0: (laughs) And, and just like financial planning the earlier you start the better right
1: exactly exactly and i mean i use when i talk to our clients about this that are going through this i throw my mother-in-law and father-in-law under the bus because I don't think that they did this. And I would tell, I mean, I've said this to their faces too. My father-in-law is an amazing, wonderful man. He's, I love him to death, but his big hobby, he's got a few, but his big hobby was golf and he retired and he golfed for a little while and it was driving him nuts and his grandbabies were at daycare. And so he, he was, he ended up going back to work. Not because they needed the money, but because he knew he needed a challenge. He needed a puzzle. His brain gets bored without puzzles. And he's an engineer. My mother-in-law, she is one of the most amazing women I know. She is brilliant and just wonderful and a work ethic like none other. But she went cold turkey from teaching legal ethics at a university and being a municipal court judge here in Fort Worth to nothing. Mm -hmm. And she didn't she didn't have any... I mean, her hobby... She had no She had no time for hobbies when she was working two jobs. Her hobby was work, and she loved it. But because she felt like she was a certain age and she needed to retire, she was supposed to retire, now she's back municipal court judging. Now she's not teaching anymore. She's cut her workload a little bit, and I get that. And she's it's great because when we have problems with babysitters or something, one of them is available to us. And I, don't get me wrong, I love it. But I also understand they both need... Uh, stimulation, and they weren't getting it just retiring. They hadn't done any self-assessment. They hadn't asked themselves what they wanted to do when they grew up. And my, as much as my my father-in-law loves golf, he realized really quickly it's not in his budget to do every day. So we got to figure out what to do with those days he's not golfing. Hmm. And it's, it's a big – I mean, I've seen this. I've seen this in my own family. I've seen this with our clients. I've seen this. And so to me, this is a big, the emotional portion of retirement is huge. And you have to make sure you and your spouse are on the same page. You don't know how many times I've sat with couples where one couple has already done this this emotional work, I'll call it, and has a plan and they haven't shared it with their spouse. And then they start to open up in my office and you hear one going, well, I don't want to travel. I want to be near the grandkids. The other one's going, well, I've booked us this Around the world cruise. I mean, it's not pretty sometimes. So, it's it's problematic. It's something that people really need to talk about. And it's one of the reasons I think great divorce happens as much as it does. Yeah. Because this is a, a major life switch. And it's very, the, psycholo- the psychology aspect of it is huge. And nobody talks about it. Now, I think the one good thing about the global pandemic is it's helped ease people into the thought of retirement because they had maybe a little more time at home. But, you know, it's still something you've got to work at. It doesn't just happen naturally. And if you're scared or apprehensive or anxious about the about the idea of retirement, it's understandable. You're not the only one. And that's the other thing. I see people very afraid of admitting they're scared. Yeah. And that that's what also bothers me. So... Well,
0: you obviously make this part of what you do. I mean, I, you know, uh, just kind of listening to you discuss these key points, it's, it's clear that you've both seen it happen with clients as, as you've kind of laid out, but also it's part of your process, right, when you're working with people.
1: It is, and it makes them a little uncomfortable. They're used to me talking about taxes or what's going to go on with the portfolio. You know, they want they're used to a financial advisor being more – standoffish but part of holistic planning is talking about this and i have referrals for very good therapists in my office i have cards cards for cpas if you need a cpa i've got cards for therapists if you need a therapist and there's nothing wrong with that i wish the stigma that would go away because i i worry that this is what causes so many gray divorces and if there's a way to stop that earlier i'd rather personally
0: absolutely well, again, this article is in, on, in the show notes if you want to read it for yourself. The psychological investment in retirement and really just a good look at the other side of planning. And and, and as you pointed out, Bree, maybe the most important side uh, when you truly look at it. So, again, check that out. We'll put it online, EstusFinancial.net, And, you know, again, we, we always have to talk a little bit of finance and great time to remind <laughs> people that the toolkit that you offer our listeners is available and ready to claim.
1: Yeah, we knew we weren't going to get out of this podcast <laughs> without talking about taxes. Yep. Um, our Tipping Tax Time Bomb Toolkit is available and ready to claim. If you email info at estisfinancial.net and say, hey, I want a copy of the toolkit, we will um, you know, get one out for you. It's great. It's, our, it's a book. Uh, the book is all about strategies to maximize your retirement and minimize your taxes. To the best of our abilities, you know, everything within the bounds of the law, of course. So it's the Financial Flight Plan, Seven Lessons to Save Your Retirement, which is one of my favorites. It's also the thing that everybody loves about it. It's written in big print for those of us that me might need it. Um, And it's also written in English. It is not a book designed to be written by finance experts for finance experts. We tried very, very hard to make sure it makes sense to everyone. Um, And then we also have a couple of reports in there. These five risks could destroy your retirement and a tax special report and an investor awareness guide. So the kit overall has a value of $97, but we send it out to listeners of the podcast for my favorite four-letter word, free. Um, just email your information, mailing address, names, etc. to info at net.
0: Very good. Thank you for that, Bree. And thank you for being a listener of the podcast. All right. Time now to get to know Bree Reyes away from work. Bree, your question for this week. If you could only eat one thing for dinner for the rest of your life, what would you pick?
1: I know my husband's right off the top of my head. I know Joaquin's would be pizza because there's a thousand different ways to prepare pizza. It's a good choice. Uh, I'm going to say sushi because there's about a thousand different sushi rolls. More than probably. Yeah. Sushi.
0: I like that. I don't know that I could do sushi forever, but it's it's very delicious. Pizza would probably be more. I'd lean more towards Joaquin in this one if I had to pick sides, but I like both choices.
1: My whole thing is it's one of those that – I get tired of the bread. At least the yeah. rice, you can take it off. Yep, that's the that's the reason i the reason I leaned more towards sushi. But I really, really love sushi. It has been. It is probably my favorite food, and it is something that, um, mom and dad <laughs> made the mistake of introducing Amanda and I to when we were a little. Um, and they probably regret it. Now. Yeah. Well, they used to make they used to feed us peanut butter and jelly sandwiches before they took us to sushi. Um, because smart, I smart. have been known to eat my weight in sushi, even as an adult. Yeah. And unfortunately, it is something I have, or fortunately, passed on to Nate as well. So one world, roll is
0: never enough, Brie. It's just, it's just uh,
1: no, no. Like seven. <laughs> so the funny thing is, is that we, um, his school, one time asked him. What do you want for lunch? His his little daycare, and he was like, <laughs> "I sushi's fine. California roll would be great. A couple of California rolls is great. If you have a new, some inuagi, that's even better." And they're like, <laughs> "Wait, what? <laughs>
0: huh? Yeah? Huh? Uh,
1: that's
0: amazing that he would yeah. eat sushi. Even try it. That's uh, that's impressive.
1: Oh, well, he's my kid. Wow. I, I've always his the rule with him has always been you eat and mom and dad eat. So." We go to a sushi bar, he ate sushi. So it's it's interesting. It's really, really interesting. But yeah, that's it. Sushi for me.
0: Yeah, that's great. All right, let's close out the show with a mailbag question. We got one this week from Donald in Fort Worth. It says, I'm not retiring for a few years, but I'll be 62 next month so I can start my social security. Should I go ahead and start it and use that extra income to get my house paid off sooner?
1: Boom. but you're working, Donald. So we've got a couple of problems. Because you said you're not retiring for a few years, but you'll be 62 next month. First of all, that means it's going to reduce your Social Security for the rest of your life because you're taking it before full retirement age. So that's problem number one. Problem number two by taking by accepting Social Security so early is that we're going to be um, taxed or you're going to have an earnings test applied against it. So for every dollar you make over 18,950 I believe. I'm looking at I'm looking the number up right as I speak. For every $2 you make over that number, $1 is going to go away. $1 of your social security is going to go away. So by taking it before your full retirement age, it's oh yes, for 2022, the limit is 19,560. For every $2 you earn above that annual limit, $1 of social security will go away. So not knowing how much you make, but knowing that you're working, you could purposely have most of that or all of that social security go away and you've penalized yourself for the rest of your life. So we may have a problem. <laughs> we may have a serious problem. So it, it might not, it may be, it may not be in your best case to take social security. And what's the interest rate on your house? Because Social Security does grow every year by a certain percent. And we need to make sure that, you know, we're not robbing Peter to pay Paul here to get your house paid off sooner. Because the last thing I want to see is money stuck in a house that is appreciating. But in order to get the money out of the house, you have to sell the house. And then where are you going to move? Because the housing market here has been completely insane as of late. I know it's cooling off, but it's the prices haven't dropped significantly. So then where are you living? Um, and unfortunately you cannot take a brick out of the house to Kroger to buy food so what I what I've seen in the past is people rob from their retirement rob from their social security pay off their house earlier and then shockingly they're cash poor and later on in life their pension their social security it's not keeping pace with inflation they need more money they empty their, retirement accounts, empty their TSP, empty their 401k. And now they're having to live on just those those forms of income stream, not keeping up with social security. They're having to sell their house. And this is the reason a reverse mortgage exists. So before we get you down that terrible, terrible path, we need to make sure you're not just really, really hurting yourself by taking social security as soon as possible and paying off a there's a lot of there's people that think all debt is bad the house isn't necessarily bad debt as long as the interest rate is less than the average market return over the last 10 years so you've there's a lot of variables to think about here donald sorry i wish it was easy i really really do i wish it was simple i hate these it depends answers but this case it really really depends
0: Right. So true. It's a great question, Donald. And I'm sure uh, other people have thought about the same thing. So situation you want to sit down with oh, a-
1: every time of the day, every day, yeah. every day people come in here with this question. So you're not, it's don't feel like it's a weird question or a bad question. It's a perfectly understandable question. And for each case, it's different.
0: Well, Bree is a certified financial planner. If you want to sit down with her, you can always log on estisfinancial.net phone number as well, 817-444-8402. And I uh, really dig into the details and see what choice is best for you, Donald. All right. We appreciate your time today on the Financial Plan Podcast. Brie, thanks to you as always for taking us through this uh, psychological side of the business.
1: Thank you. This was fun. And everybody listening, go out and lead an abundant life.